hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I am a melting pile of sweat lying on the floor. <laughs> so I think it's important before we record to give a little context to There's the audio. There's not a lot of context to give. It's fucking hot. <laughs> we're in the middle of a heat wave. I, Frankly, we shouldn't be complaining because we're pretty close to the ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, like, we, compared we, to other parts of LA, we are we have it pretty easy. Now, we live um, like three and a half miles from the water. Stop, so Stop doxing us on our own fucking podcast, Look at, there's you more. Idiot. It's a coast, Michael. There's a lot of places that are three and a half miles from the mm, water. Mm. Uh, and we live at this address. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad out there. Um, it sucks. It sucks. I was seeing reports of like 110 in the valley, mm. and, uh, over no. 90 at night. I was in the, the valley city. yesterday morning at Why? like. <laughs> like Michael gets super concerned. I'm angry. I'm not concerned. He, I'm like, mad at you. Michael starts like sending a search party Nothing for me. Nothing good has ever the, happened in the valley. The moment I go over the mountains, you're like, oh my god, yeah, no, you have a tracker it's on. It's just me. Epstein shit, man. Like it's not good. Okay, counter, but maybe not counter. Paul Thomas Anderson. All his movies are in the valley. Yeah, that's not a good counter. What was he writing about? Fucking porn. Like. <laughs> Like, not good situation. That's true. It's about how people should escape the valley. Yeah, licorice pizza, grooming, pedophilia. <laughs> I'm back on my point. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's get into that. Now, uh, I do think it's important to say there was going to be slightly more background and wind noise than usual, oh, but yeah. only normally, slightly. Normally, because we love you, dear listener, uh-huh. uh, we close all our doors and windows, mm-hmm. and we'll sweat it out just to make sure we yeah. have as clean sound as we can on the podcast. We are not doing that fucking yeah. noise today, so you get to deal. You get Actually, it's just a more immersive experience. Yeah. That's what it is. You're it's, really getting the experience of being in Los Angeles, by which I mean there's construction noise all the fucking time. You're getting the true parasocial hanging out in our shitty kitchen experience. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. We're really delivering on that. It's as right if now. you're here drinking Michael's excellent coffee. Oh, thank you. I do make excellent you coffee. You do make good coffee. Nothing else, but your coffee's it, good. God, I'm such a fucking white bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> Michael will, like, get up and, like, he'll be, like, doing pour over for himself. Like, nobody else. Just, like, well, standing no, my there. my wife gets some But of the if your wife over. isn't here, she doesn't. You still oh, yeah, do no, it. No, no, no. The pour over is happening. Other people can participate <laughs> if they are so inclined. Uh, he's like humming to himself. So, yeah. What's going on, Michael? So, we got a, a few things to cover today. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, starting with Matt Chandler sliding into DMs. Um, this is... I can't wait to dig into this. And yeah. it's insane, excruciating detail. Oh, yeah. We're, we're going to get As granular. a texting motherfucker, I want to get granular. Yeah. I, uh, I have whole friendships with people I never see over text. So, I want to get into this. I'm, I'm excited to get into this. <laughs> We're also going to be covering a cool Christian Bible torture camp. Um, super wait, fun, super wait, neat. Wait, Kelsey's coming back and we're talking about childhood again? <laughs> uh, but first, but first, dear Zachary, um, one of the things we like to do on this podcast, yes. the airing of grievances. Yeah, I think we were already talking about We're going to do a whole episode at some point about this. At some point, Zach and I are going to sit here and talk about all the things that annoy each other, uh, annoy us about the other person. It's going to be really fun. Because I think like 90% is going to be really minor, and then 10% is going to ruin our friendship forever. <laughs> right. And this, I'm really excited about it. I think this is the uh, 99th episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's episode 100. Zach and, Zach and Michael end a podcast. I will say there's something kind of beautiful about that. <laughs> I mean, we've done 100 of these fuckers. Like, what else do you want from yeah, us? Go, we have nothing left. If you need need more go back and start at episode us. three <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah don't start at episode one god no um but today my grievance is not with you zachary and what? not even frankly with your kind because like okay <laughs> i'm not even gonna ask what that is <laughs> 
listeners of the podcast know we are, we are a supportive podcast. Yes, we, all, of course. All the LGBTs, Qs, Is, As, little sus on the pluses, but otherwise we're here for it. <laughs> and you know, you know, in evangelical terms, we're affirming. We've got the ally sticker mm. on our dorm room door. Mm. You know, mm. uh, we we spend a third of this podcast yelling at weird little like potato gremlins yeah. who who hate gay and trans people. So like, this is coming from a space of support. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's a big however, my guy. <laughs> I I have had a couple experiences in my life uh-huh. that I need uh-huh. I need to talk about, and I to be to be frank, I have a bone to pick with the lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> there are some issues going on that need to be uh-huh. addressed. Uh huh. Okay, background. Okay. Ready for this? <laughs> this is all just setting the stage. My wife is six two. <laughs> I have issues with the lesbian. So anyways, my wife. Uh, <laughs> Incredibly normal segue. Your wife is 6'2". My wife is 6'2". I am 5'10". She is a tall, diaphanous blonde. I look like not from Chapo uh, got on the carnivore diet. Yeah, like, that's true, <laughs> actually. You're like about, you're, you're a younger... Uh, thinner Matt from Chapo, though he moved to LA, so maybe he yeah. Will, uh, so he's, he's blow on up. that journey. I'm I'm Matt from Chapo. If he lost the weight, but it didn't help, you know, it's just like <laughs> oh, at what cost though? <laughs> like, constantly doing the Peterson cry. It's it's just not a. Good I look. do wish you wore shorts as much as he did. I I feel like I wear a fair amount of shorts. You don't wear shorts in the world though. That's true. you don't wear shorts at home. You're not brave enough to air your legs for the world. No, listen, my legs are my best assets. That's so true. Okay. In classic evangelical yeah. fashion, I keep it covered up for modesty reasons. It's true. You have strong legs. Okay, game. so back to the lesbians. <laughs> so okay, I have a beautiful wife. I'm yes. very grateful to mm-hmm. be married to this lovely woman, mm-hmm. and I understand that when we are out in public, people are going to <laughs> notice her and not notice me. Like I have accepted yeah. this is my place. I don't even like hold it against people. Mm. Like we're out in public, I see a little little extra long stare action, a little double take, and I'm like, you know what? I accept this. <laughs> not only that, I understand it. This is what you should be doing in this situation. Yeah. I get it, I get it. And mostly, like 95% of the time, dudes out there in the world, if we're out together, I don't have to worry about it. And mm-hmm. I understand that yeah. the reasons for that are probably rooted in some toxic masculinity sure. shit. Treating treating women like property. Like, I get it. I get that that's not necessarily coming from a good place. But still, I am out with my wife in the world. And I don't really have to worry about dudes coming up and macking on her. Yeah. But the lesbians. <laughs> Zachary, the lesbians are brazen. <laughs> This is news to me. Oh, no. This is like a fucking thing. This has happened a number of times, but there were two recently that made me Mm. think like, okay, it Mm. is time for an accounting of this. (laughs) Okay. So like my wife and I were out with the dog. We're on a walk back Mm. from our community garden plot because Uh, we we are are the whitest fucking uh, cliche in existence. (laughs) I get it. You're listening to NPR. You're going (laughs) to the farmer's market. Hey, hey, never NPR. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're walking back. And uh, I think um, we're walking back past the lady on the street. Think nothing of it. Traffic sound behind us, whatever. Sound mm-hmm. like someone got in a wreck. We turn around and look. And I turn around and look just in time to catch this woman that we just passed on the street <laughs> doing the turn around and look back, come hither stare so fucking hard at my wife. Like... <laughs> fuck me eyes doesn't even begin to cover like her eyes were reciting fuck me poetry like it was i have never ever received she's a like playing like spanish guitar <laughs> absurd like my wife turned back around and was like you catch that <laughs> <laughs> she's so proud of herself oh yeah oh yeah no your wife is amazing we're best friends but she's so proud of herself oh, yeah. <laughs> 
we don't even have to get into just how tickled she is by torturing <laughs> me with this. But no, just absurd, unacceptable levels of macking <laughs> just out on the street. No contact. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's that's instance one. <laughs> instance two, Zachary. Like a month beforehand, my yep. wife and I are shopping for a birthday gift for her sister at REI because you thought uh, coming back from the community garden wasn't white enough, so we made it even whiter. This is so insufferable. I know, I know. We are truly, genuinely, I mean this sincerely, the fucking worst. And then you people go camping together. Yeah, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah, that's why we went to REI for the gift because we were going to meet her sister for a camping trip. What are you talking about? All right, anyways. We're at the checkout. <laughs> Lady behind the counter, very nice, very sweet, very open member of the queer mm, community. Sure. Had a pin of Pikachu holding a rainbow flag. Aww. Very adorable. Pikachu um, noted homophobe, ironically. Yeah, ironically. I know. It's a shame. It's yeah. a shame. Those, it's those, always the people you love. Yeah, those Pokemans. <laughs> uh, you know, child stars, they end up in weird places. It's hard to p- judge them too much. Also, spent a lot of time in the ball. You know, had some trauma. Yeah, yeah Pikachu was a victim. <laughs> <laughs> I think Pikachu's just repressed about Pikachu's uh, sexuality. So back on something. <laughs> this this lady is macking so hard on my wife in front of me. I am standing there at the checkout stand with her, mm-hmm. and she's just laughing and smiling, talking about how she loves the gift we're getting. And she's asked, she's like, "So what? What does someone have to do to get one of these for herself?" I am not kidding. Are you serious? I am serious. In front of me. You're there. The lesbian, Zachary, they're brazen. They, uh, I kind of respect that lesbians don't acknowledge dick in their in their lives or anyone else's. Yeah. I gotta say, power move. It, it is genuinely a power move. And you know what? They have the power. Like, I, here's the thing. Okay, let me bring this home. Lesbians, I have a request. <laughs> I am not asking you. To treat me with respect. Well, oh, oh, that was never on the table. <laughs> I'm not asking you to treat me like I'm not chopped liver. I am. I understand mm-hmm. that about mm-hmm. myself. I have made my peace with that. Yes. But lesbians, I am asking for your pity. <laughs> <laughs> I have somehow. Boy, now this is different from Michael in college asking for <laughs> lesbians pity. I will say. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I did have several crushes on. <laughs> yeah, I had some things to figure out. Anyways, um, I have somehow managed to con this lovely, lovely woman into loving me Mm -hmm. nearly as much as I love her. And I am very, very happy with this situation. And I need you guys (laughs) to stop reminding her how many better options are out there for her. I just need that. Pretty, pretty, please. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I want to say, though, it's important. You're both gay bait. You're both like, (laughs) like Michael and I used to live in West Hollywood. It's true. Yeah, I, I can't deny that. And Mike and like I gotta say gay men love Michael. Michael is just like the right level of like masculine, like, oh, I'm gonna wear like boots and like plaid, but also like nice. Yeah. And like approachable for a second. I attract two types of people in my life, and it's middle aged women who've had a little too much wine <laughs> and and gay men. And that is pretty much exclusively yeah. the list. They both here's the thing that here's the truth behind that. Uh huh. Middle-aged women who've had too much wine and gay men like the same kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, because because they like gender norms. They, they like they like that's exactly it's aspirational it. for both of them to like achieve. And it's not because I actually am a particularly no. masculine dude. I don't have skills. No, of course not. I don't not. have abilities. I can't uh-uh. build you. I you can't. have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. But just by dint of genetics, uh-huh. I just happen to look like mm-hmm. a dude's dude. You do. And, and that has a certain amount of cachet in certain members of those community. Women my age, for the most part, nothing to do with me. Do not care. Yeah, could yeah. not give less I of a don't shit. know how you got your wife. Um, your wife also, though, being 6'2", occasionally also dressing more outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's no, not. I, I don't think that's fair to the lesbians. It's a thing. No, like, <laughs> I am pretty sure that all of these lesbians just clock her as one of them immediately and they're like hey man just come out of the closet live your best life and again you're trying to save her please stop not because you're wrong just because i don't want you to look she is very 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 repressed and i needed to stay that way <laughs> so that's my airing of grievances okay all okay. love to all members of the community just please stop hitting on my wife um <laughs> moving forward matt chandler <laughs> A person no one's attracted to. Yeah, yeah, not not a great look. Although I will say this, I don't have a lot of respect for Matt Chandler. He is he is virulently homophobic, mm. but tries to do it in a cool way, which is yeah. worse. Uh, the gender roles that he preaches in his church, yes. absolutely unforgivable. But I, one thing I do appreciate about Matt Chandler is Matt Chandler does not try to be cool. Like yes. he came out, and we'll talk about like he came out of this reform movement that was very focused on like early 2000s hyper-masculine cool thing. Mm. But Matt Chandler is still rocking the polo shirt. And, like, I do think there's something to be said in the era of the, like, hipster megapastor for not going down that route, even though functionally he is he is evil. But well, Of course he's evil. Yeah, of course. <laughs> evil, evil is the default setting. So Matt Chandler, leader of the Village Church, which we've talked about before on the podcast, uh, head pastor, uh, we talked about that when they disciplined the wife of a pedophile who turned in oh, her pedophile yeah. husband. She was a missionary, found child porn on his guy's computer, turned him in, and then they disciplined her in the church because she didn't want to get back together with her pedophile That husband. remains one of the most insane things that we've yeah. talked about in this podcast. A podcast whose uh, unspoken subtitle is Pedophiles... Um, I really, really needed a joke. Yeah, there needed to be something there. I was going to say pedophiles. Definitional. Actually, you know what? I got it. Pedophiles and the people that love them, which unfortunately is most church leadership. There's a lot of church leadership. (laughs) So, Matt Chandler, uh, also the head of the Acts 29 Network, which uh, you know, sort of the 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 current president of the modern reform movement, which Mm. we've talked about a lot and has a lot of terrible things going on, but. He uh, stepped back from ministry this week. Huh, interesting. Interesting. I will say it's not because it's it's a new reason. It's an it's an interesting it's a, new wrinkle. It's a, it's on a, a, it's very a reason old that tale. happened to me a lot when I was like in high school and seventeen. Uh, <laughs> really getting to enjoy the LA uh, oh, LA yeah. soundscape right now. Yeah, I'm like literally watching a guy like sweep up leaves. <laughs> yep. Yeah, while the truck backs up. I, this is just very on brand. We're going to push forward. Yeah, you know um, what? Fuck it. You're fine. Yeah. You're yeah. fine. If you're I'm not so, fine. If your ears haven't been ruptured yet, then you haven't been listening to LA Long You enough. should turn this up. <laughs> um, so, Matt Chandler announced to his church just this past week that he is stepping back. He's not stepping down. He is still the head pastor of the church. And I think that's Boo. important. I know. Boo. I know. He's taking a break. He, he's Jeff Bezos, uh, Leon Blacking it, being yeah. like, no, I'm chairman. I'm not CEO. Just, Shut the fuck up. I just up. need a little recharge. Uh, and the ostensible reason that he is doing this is because a member of his church approached him expressing concern about his DM game with one of her friends. Okay. <laughs> so, basically what came out is that he was texting this lady a lot. A lot, a lot. With what they describe as a familiarity 
that is un unstudied and unwise. Unstudied now, and unwise. Yeah, yeah. It, and like, yeah, they said the issue was frequency and familiarity and that it played itself out in coarse or fo and foolish joking. Now, they went out of their way multiple times. I watched this whole little 15-minute thing, <laughs> and we're going to walk through it because there's a lot to cover. I'm just sort of getting yeah, to yeah, the yeah. issue first. But, like, they, they, I watched the whole thing, and they say multiple times, this was not sexual, this was not romantic. This was not, this was not disqualifying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for ministry. This was just, you know, they got a little too close. And he was using language unbecoming to a pastor. Language unbecoming. This is amazing. Yeah, it's a very interesting take. Aside from the obvious fact that they're clearly lying about everything. Yeah. But let's actually yeah. walk through this because there's okay. some manipulation happening in this actual announcement mm. that I think is really important. Uh, for, for the first thing, they start with another pastor, some other, some other fucking white dude. Um, yeah. And he comes out and like repeatedly like 10 times he just like talks about how this is the day that the lord has made and i will rejoice and be glad in it. he talks about the importance of that and how this is going to be a hard day but like we need to remember that this this too is a day that the lord has made and we need to rejoice and be glad in it and like when you know what's coming it starts to feel a little bit like emotional manipulation right like it's not yeah. that that's not scripture it's that mm. the way you're using the scripture is already sort of cutting off at the head any of the very reasonable upset that people may feel well yeah because i mean you can put anything there uh -huh. you, could, you could also talk about the scripture about uh you know various scriptures about pastors needing to you know be more accountable mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. you know if they're not they're the ones who go to hell like you could also start with that scripture uh-huh he also goes on to talk about how this is a place that has been and remain uh, a place where it is okay to not be okay which is something that evangelicals love to say. Uh, they never mean it uh, because no. there's a lot of ways you cannot be okay that the church will absolutely condemn you for. Mm -hmm. um, but specifically saying it's okay to not be okay in reference to your pastoral failings, extra icky. That's not really what that term was designed for, even if we took it at face level, <laughs> right? Like It's designed to be like we are welcoming to people at all places yeah. in their life, even if they have struggles, even if they have things that you might think church people mm. might not want you there. That's the intent. But he's using it to be like, so it's okay when our pastor fucks up. It's, it's just... It's, it's covering the ass for people in charge. It's icky. And then he goes on to say something that I thought was going to be good and then swerved really quickly into bad, where he goes, in order for us to fulfill our mission, this place has to be a safe place for you. And I thought what he was saying was, and so we need to take this stuff really seriously yeah. and be really accountable because mm. we need to make sure that you, the congregation, mm. are safe from any sort of predacious activity by our pastoral staff. Yeah. That's where I thought he was going. Nope. The next line out of his mouth is, and that is true for the pastoral staff and leadership too. That's so funny so he's saying we need to make this a safe place for the pastors which again is just a way of saying don't get too mad about this don't get angry it's the same I, it's it's wild I, I will not this will be just two seconds but it's the same argument always when it's like don't be mad at like hillary or whatever it's like hey men shouldn't be mad at women it's like this is not the situation yeah learn intersectionality learn power like mm -hmm. this just it's 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 always ass covering for power always uses a like the language of trying to like help people out like not empower to cover itself yeah sometimes it's identitarian sometimes it's sort of pop psychology like this it's just the same playbook as ever it's just like oh i'm a small biden's a small bean like no bitch he's the most powerful man in the world yeah yeah no the ineffectualness is the point all right back on topic and then they bring out matt he does his little fist bump with his his buddy pastor because of course he does and his first line out of his mouth is, I am the lead pastor of this church, and I plan to be the lead pastor of this church for the next 20 years. Always good when an apology starts. I'm not changing anything. I'm not leaving. 
I'm not fucking leaving. The show goes on. This is my home. They're gonna need a fucking wrecking ball to take me out of here. Oh, so first things first, guys, don't fucking come for me. <laughs> They're gonna have to get. You wanna come to the king? You best not miss. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we should re we should rewatch uh, that movie. Uh, we should rewatch a lot of movies. Yeah, we true. need to watch more movies together. We Zachary. should. We need to spend more time. We together. should do a movie podcast just so we spend more time together. Aww, that is kind of the basis of this podcast. An excuse <laughs> to talk shit with your friend for an hour a week. Uh, and then he immediately breaks down. He like doesn't get through his next thing. He's like, but I need to. And then he breaks down. And again, I'm not saying he doesn't feel sad or whatever. But like again, we're talking emotional manipulation. Sure. We're talking like sympathy, and we'll see mm. how this plays out. And then he sort of goes through the story that this lady came up and like approached him and he didn't really see the big deal. He goes out of his way to say that his wife knew about it and this lady's husband knew about the texting. Nobody saw any issues. Mm. But nevertheless, because he is so accountable, he immediately went to the pastoral staff and he immediately talked to his wife and said what conversation it is. And this all happened months ago. Yeah. Uh, so keep that in mind that like they are now coming out now that all the investigation has mm. been done. Mm -hmm. uh, and something that the other pastor says is we commissioned an independent investigation I, that has now been completed. Here's the thing I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you commissioned an independent investigator mm -hmm. for texts mm -hmm. that are just you and your bros sending memes about gross stuff. Like, yeah. I think as we get towards the end of this, I really want to get into no, like, I want what to get, do we think I know, was said. I, I, I'm not trying to get into that conversation, but it's just like, huh, that, it's, a big, it's a bit of a big pull. It's a big pull, but for me, it's also damage control. Mm. This is something that we've seen really clearly in other situations like yeah. this and much worse, where it's not just having the investigation, it's who's in charge of it. Yeah. Because this investigation was not released publicly. The okay. findings were not released publicly. No the texts certainly weren't released publicly. All that you're being told is, we did an investigation. What we found was he stepped out of line in this, but he's otherwise squeaky clean. And they even say, like, we found that his life in general is above reproach. But in this one instance, just this one thing, nothing else to see here, folks. Mm -hmm. And that's when it's like, hmm. We've seen this in other places. We've yeah. seen a lot of independent inf investigations that brought out a lot of really important information, but nevertheless existed to be a controlled burn. <laughs> and I think this has very much become the playbook is mm -hmm. we'll do the investigation, we're in charge of it, and we'll tell you what it says. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, the NFL did this with the uh, Washington football team. Yeah, so this is like a, a thing that happens, yeah. and it's really interesting to see it play out this way. Uh, and then he talks about how his inability, this is Chandler talking, his inability to see the relationship for what it was revealed something not right and unhealthy in me. And so he's stepping back and it's disciplinary, but it's also developmental so that he can learn and be the mm. best pastor he can and rah, rah, rah. There's more to say that they said, but it's, it's, not, it's not really important. Uh, the main takeaways are, one, the crowd cheers for him. There is That's an such a weird response. And that at some point, someone in the crowd calls out, we love you, Matt. And he goes, oh, I love you too. Ew. Um, and yeah, I think that's a really icky thing. Because one, let's start with taking it on face level. Saying this, yeah. this is what was happening. The thing that you're describing is what happened. If this is in fact a problem, mm -hmm. then like, no, you don't get fucking cheered for. You do not get cheered for mm -hmm. just because you came forward and admitted it. That's not the definition of like repentance or change like, and certainly 
if even if we are taking this as like actual genuine accountability, that is a moment for somber reflection. That is not a moment for cheering. Yeah. That is not a moment to declare your support. He said this with even Matt saying this is wrong. Yeah. Like, uh, Extremely. What's that dumb Twitter? It's just dumb Twitter meme. Like, you think I care about you booing? I've seen what makes you people cheer. Yeah. But like, it's still kind of true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's extremely concerning. It really sort of tips the hand of what this actually Ugh. is. Just keeping keeping that's the icky. base on You hadn't board. told me that yeah. during craft. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, the, so the cheers were not great. Uh, something else that really struck me, uh, less so reading articles and more so when I sat down and actually watched this, is. It was a really effective pantomime of accountability while also failing to be any actual accountability. Mm. And so, like, you watch it, and I think it would be very easily mm. easy. I think a lot of people in this church or even just in this world in general, maybe more skeptical people still kind of in that evangelical world, yeah. are going to watch this and be like, hey, he came forward. He cooperated with the investigation. He turned over his phone. He's acknowledging it. He's not trying to hide it. Mm. I mean, the, Matt even says in this, he's like, do you know how easy this would be for me to sweep under the rug? Like patting himself on the back for acknowledging this. Uh, Apparently not that easy, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but like, what was actually said? incredibly vague language around what the actual problem was that kind of double speaks, right? Like it's yes. simultaneously saying there's nothing to see here and this was a disciplinable, disciplinable offense. Um, so we, do we want to get into that? Yeah, I think the final thing I have to say yeah. is just like, what was actually fucking okay. happening here? This is the thing, because you told me about this a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, not to let the people in too much behind the scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, we're doing prep. Sometimes maybe. we talk. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally we converse. <laughs> But it's been like that's been what's rattling around my brain because like you know we've been known known to make a crew jape here yes. here and there once once upon a time every but, now and again as a treat I I apologize afterwards <laughs> every time yeah we apologize for any and all humor on this but podcast. like I kind of actually do <laughs> that we maybe should do. <laughs> uh, I kind of do think like especially in the year of our Lord 2022. Crude humor is, like, almost as as widely accepted as it's ever been. Mm -hmm. Like, we've had, like, parents' friends, or excuse me, friends' parents. Like, boomers, a lot of boomers have listened to this podcast and know we're kind of disgusting motherfuckers. Yeah, it's true. Shout-outs. Shout, yeah. Hi, boomers. Yep, good to see you. Glad you're you're here. Um, Keep that cholesterol down. (laughs) Lexapro does real wonders. (laughs) But no, like... That should be our sponsor. We should get boomer sponsors. Dude... If they're willing, to, like, if they pay us. Oh, like, dude, we need, we need one of those, like, prep, shitty, shady prepper oh brands. Oh, my gosh. We need our own protein powder. We, those buckets that you yes. can spend, like, $400 for, like, 60 bucks of goods in, yeah, but yeah. just, like, stick in your basement. Yep, that's just, but the macros, Zachary, the macros. Um, where you can get gold, but for spot price. Ooh, nice, <laughs> nice. All right, back okay, on topic. on topic. But, like, I think, as, if possible, crude humor is as accepted publicly as it's ever been. Uh-huh. And so I think it's a little insane yeah. to be like, look, the texts, they were just, like, they were just, they were just inappropriate. Mm-hmm. They were crude. They weren't sexual. Mm-hmm. Never but, sexual. But wh- I'm, I'm kind of not kidding when I say, what could you possibly say to another consenting human adult yeah. that is crude but not sexual that you would have to step back from your job from? Like, what theoretically let's briefly from your extremely public spotlight yeah, job yeah. eight thousand person church head of this network right. like one of the biggest names in evangelical christianity i pretty much with very few exceptions don't ever censor my like insane thoughts and ideas <laughs> when talking to people and no one cares yeah i just think like aside from the fact that it's obviously just hard to believe 
if we take them at their at their at their word, what could it possibly be? If we take them at their word, it's worse. <laughs> if we take them at their word, it would be better for it to be sexual. And it's like, yeah, he was having a little emotional affair. It's so much worse when it's like, like I feel like a year from now because I I want so badly to see mm-hmm. these texts. If we're, oh, if we're I would. operating on the assumption that they're not just outright lying, then yeah. I need to see these texts. I don't need to see Matt Chandler be horny. I need to see Matt Chandler be weird. They're like, like sending Reddit posts of like hurt kids. Like, like this, what's going on? I, I just it's got to be like some army hammer ship, right? Like Matt Chandler is a cannibal and he's crude and coarsely joking about consuming members of his congregation. Like like it is. It's got to be something, right? And I also just, I'm sorry, as a disgusting person, I don't believe these people are that disgusting. No. I don't think they've earned that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The other thing I have to say on that is that, like, clearly, the fact that we are so speculative here Mm -hmm. is proof Mm -hmm. that there wasn't actual accountability, right? Like, we have no idea what the fuck actually happened. And that's kind of the point, that, like, there's clearly no actual accountability because Mm -hmm. we're left with these very vague assertions. And whenever a pastor says something vague about, like, a failing, just know, like, if they say, oh, I stepped out of my marriage and I had an affair, they raped somebody. Like, like, consent doesn't exist for these fucks. So I can only imagine what that Mm -hmm. is in text form. But I think there's some options here, right? So like, there's there's the option that I, I put it like ten percent that they're just outright lying. This was this was an affair of some description. Yeah, outright lie. But I don't think that's the most common thing. Right. I, I think the most possible thing is that it was just like, like a work wife mm-hmm. in a, mm-hmm. in a way that like you know like like that can happen in real life can cross lines. Um, I mean, I, I mean, who doesn't love a work wife though? When they mention like course familiarity and frequency, I'm like, so this dude was up at like 2 a.m. texting. Like, there's just no <laughs> way. Like, when he says my wife and her husband were aware, what he means is they were aware that there was some communication. Yeah. But there's a zero percent chance that they were aware of how much communication there was. This guy was definitely like had messages up on his MacBook and was just like. His wife thought I was doing sermon prep, yeah, and he's exactly. just, just hours in there, just talking about fantasy. Yeah, I, and I don't mean fantasies in terms of sex. I mean fantasy football. <laughs> they were really into it. Yeah. So, like, I think I think clearly that was probably what was happening. I also think there's a one percent chance because the Village Church and the Reform movement in general is so misogynistic <laughs> and so fucking awful about how it treats women. There's a one percent chance that what happened here is Matt Chandler made a friend. This is to me. I keep this, you, you. You came up with a take today, and I love this take. Yeah. This is my favorite one. That he had an entirely normal friendship with a, <laughs> another human being who happened to possess possess a vagina, and because these people are all psychos, they now have to all like do sackcloth and ashes and repent of it this is i'd say there's like a real chance like it's small yeah i think the most likely things are like to emotional affair sexual and then this but like man if they just he just made a buddy yeah if it really was like innocent if he just had a pal what if they were actually talking about like fantasy football and they were just really into it Uh uh-huh and like they just like shared hobbies and interests, yeah, yeah. and would text sometimes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so tragic? It, it 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 would actually speak to something real, which is like even when you follow these rules, you ruin your life. Yeah, like, they both will make you feel like you've ruined your life for stepping out of them, but also if you live them, it's fucking worse. Like, it, <laughs> and I I do think. Because Matt Chandler is not a grifter in the same way that a lot of the other people we discuss on this pod are. Like, a lot of these people understand what the game is. I feel like Matt Chandler is a true believer in his bullshit. And it is evil bullshit, but I think he believes it. So I do think there is a percent chance Mm -hmm. that, like, he fully, like, is not 
like thinks he did something real bad and what he did was be like hey so like who are you picking for linebacker this week right. he like matt this is matt Ch- I, I would believe it you could sell me if i got to read all the texts uh-huh. and only then yeah that matt chandler has never had a female friend yeah that matt Chan- this is the first like they were like at a function here's how this happened they were like at a church function uh-huh and matt was like making idle chatter to her husband yeah about one of these things and the husband was boring and then she yeah. had an opinion and he was like oh fuck the husband was like oh you're getting into model trains my wife is really into model trains and this entire time they've just been talking about model trains yeah because they both like model trains like that is a possibility I don't think it's the most likely one, no. but it's there. It's there. And then because like these people are so And then they were like really talking about the best brands of model trains. They're yeah. like getting in they're like sending pictures of like the little painted guys. Yeah. And but and then Matt feels bad because he has a feeling one percent chance that's not even sexual or romantic. He's yeah. just like, Oh, I care about because this he person. Felt genuine kinship with a woman, <laughs> and that's clearly sin. Which I will point out, they never use the term sin, right. sin in any of this. Mm. They're very careful about being like, oh, this was a failing. This this didn't leave, live up yeah. to our standards. We we have higher standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they almost phrase it as like, <laughs> if one of you is doing this, it's fine, you plebs. But, you know, us, we're mm. special. Yeah. So anyways, the whole situation is just fishy as fuck. I need them to release uh, the text so and bad. it's really wild to watch them, like, do this whole, like, uh, song and mm. pony show being like look at us being so accountable while giving you none of the information and telling you in advance to not be mad and everything will be okay it's in crazy i want I'm gonna take a brief aside here you said song and pony show and i really like that because then you could say dog and dance and i also oh, think yeah, that's delightful that's that's yeah they're better. both good sometimes sometimes my inability to articulate the english language with any amount of clarity works out no i like mixing up idioms it's fun uh but no and the whole thing is just like obviously gross yeah and that's typical church speak if there's one thing we can say definite like just just 100 gospel truth not speculation it's that whatever is actually happening here it's not good it's definitely like a dick pic right i don't it's like Maybe, probably, a lot of a lot of these fuckers do that shit. But like, either it's gross because he was actually super yeah, inappropriate and it was extremely yeah, yeah. out of bounds, or it's gross because it wasn't that and yeah. they're treating it this yeah, way. Right. But there's no option. In there's which no middle ground. This is like <laughs> actually not a, like kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, it's just. But the main takeaway is just like, man, you guys are using a lot of words to say so little. And you're doing it in a way that just gets everyone on board with you so that it ends up with a fucking ovation. With a, God, we can't we just pat ourselves on the back? Aren't we so much better than all those other churches? We just come forward with our scandals so quickly. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I've kind of like not given up because I think it's, you know, we've talked, but like, yeah, I just, man, accountability for anybody in power. I just think it's, it's as far away as it's ever been. Uh, I think accountability for anyone in power probably involves a contraption with a sharp blade. <laughs> I think that's about the only accountability we're going to get. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving forward to something much darker. Come on, man. I'm sorry. We've had a pretty fun podcast, I have, right? I've been having a yeah, good it's, time. It's what are you doing? Five minutes of good times, fun, fun shenanigans. It's time to ruin that. This wouldn't be a shitty Christians episode without something okay. terrible. Okay. You know what? This is my airing of grievances. <laughs> I come in here trying to have a good time every fucking week uh-huh. and Michael shits on my dreams. It's true. I do do that. <laughs> every, every week Zach's like, so what are we talking about this week? And I'm like, sex abuse. He's like, God damn it. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I give you a hard job. I'm like, all right, Zach, now make it fun. Make it witty. Um, so, okay. Let's get into it, shall we? Uh, 
content warnings up front. I mean, as we've said before, this entire podcast has a content warning. We talk about very serious topics here, but we're going to get specifically into like physical abuse, emotional mm. abuse, and self-harm yeah. uh, in some very like serious ways. So if that's just not a thing that fits for you, by all means, I hope you enjoyed everything that came before. Have a great rest of your day. All right. For those of you who are still with us, let's talk about Patmos Camp. This is wild. Let's talk about a motherfucker named Chet Lowe. And I have to say, one of my complaints with this podcast, having done it for a couple years now, <laughs> is that the shit can get repetitive. And as terrible as it is, yes. a lot of this is just telling the same story of some mm. somebody in a position of spiritual authority being a fucking sex creep in various levels of awful. And it, it can be hard to like genuinely find innovative angles to examine this in a way that makes it not just a recitation of awful shit. Yeah, for sure. This is some new shit. You did, I, I will say, like, as much as I dread, hate the darkness, uh, I wasn't dreading having something to say about this, because this, uh, this is that new-new. So, this all stems from the brain of a motherfucker named Chet Lowe. Okay. Chet Lowe is a pastor in Calvary Chapel churches. He started out in Florida. He is currently the pastor of Calvary Chapel South Bay, which is an 8,000-member church. So, again, we're talking about somebody who's running a big megachurch in a big denomination mm -hmm. with a lot of institutional support. In 2005, Chet Lowe decided to create a camp. Okay, hey, I, we, we did a whole episode about this. I, <clears throat> I enjoy church camp. I bet it's going to be like that. It's going to be just like that, Zachary. You are going to get to, like, not first base. What's half a base? Like, you're going to get to uh, have a long and, and intimate prayer with a mm. member of the opposite sex where you guys confess your sins and try to hold That's each other third base for evangelicals. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is rounding the bases for evangelicals. <laughs> that, okay. That so... We're going to get into how fucking horrific this shit is, but let's start, I think, with their pitch. So okay. this, is, this is currently on the Patmos website because while they did take a delay for, for COVID, which is fascinating given how much COVID denial is in these communities, mm -hmm. uh, they ha are still currently operational. This is the thing that is wow. still happening. The discipleship experience, this discipleship experience is a 24-7, 16-week adventure of faith and tithe of time to the Lord, where students are taught lessons based on the discipleship style of Jesus. You will not only study the word of God, but be given various opportunities to apply it in real life situations as you are challenged for the purpose of change. The Patmos Intensive will stretch you spiritually, mentally, <laughs> physically, and emotionally <laughs> to drive you to the feet of Jesus, Zachary. Have a little fucking respect. Last line. Our prayer is for students to be transformed into passionate disciples of Jesus Christ who are willing to go anywhere and do anything for the sake of the gospel. Okay, that seems... That's the pitch. Some boilerplate shit. A slightly shit. more honest pitch would be, come to our 16-week Bible torture camp. 16 weeks? Yeah. 16 weeks? Uh, one week more than a semester at Stanford. Four months 16 of your weeks. Life. You can learn intro to like biology in less time than that. So before we get into sort of the repeated reports of this, and I guess I'll say here, a lot of this information came from a Julie Roy's report because she did the investigative journalism to find these people, or one of the people on her team did. Uh, to be clear, Julie Roy's is a transphobic piece of shit sure. who recently had a whole scandal of her own for her very, very weird relationship with this teen girl that she got weirdly obsessed Ugh. with and wrote about her book as if that was normal. Uh, so like, fuck Julie Roy's. Sure. But that's where this information was, and I think it's a, an important topic to discuss. So don't go read that. But 
we are here to sanctify that information. Zach, are you doing okay, buddy? Uh, the, these windows opening are killing me. I know, I know. I just keep sneezing. Well, the air in L.A. is toxic, so, you know, just by having the windows open, we're kind of screwing ourselves. The thing about L.A. is it's not built for human habitation. It's really, no, we literally got a, a report this week being like, so by the by, the water you've been drinking for years is, like, extremely toxic. Like, like more toxic than the usual level of toxicity. Mm-hmm. Not great. Anyways. I'm going to read you one woman's experience from this uh, because I think it's important before we get into like sort of jumping through a lot of people's experience to just sort of be in this space for a second. They would not allow us contact with anyone outside the program. Our isolation was complete. They intentionally exhausted us emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We were exercised for hours long without, without water, indoctrinated by Moses model in quotes leadership, expected to be willing to move our belongings at, at any time through injury, sickness, and extreme fatigue. We were not allowed to shower, brush our teeth, and eat at times for several days. Slept Whoa. in small tents in the pouring rain, sometimes on the side of cold mountains, made to march in animal feces with sheets covering yeah. our bodies to remind us of what it's like to be a Muslim woman and had peanut butter smeared in our hair, which we were not allowed to remove for a week. The verbal assaults and abuse was constant. Chet would have each student come to his home for a night for one-on-one attention. This is where he would berate them and tell them that God, what God told him they were supposed to do this or that because he was a prophet and God was using him to speak into their lives. Good Lord. Yeah, that's, Th- there's you can't more do to that, that you can't do that shit in the marines like yeah, what yeah. the fuck no, man this is this is starting a cult 101 yeah it's like a- isolation exhaustion uh the exercise the injury the pushing abuse. through the abuse the berating specifically yeah. is like one of the most common techniques it's what is- the easiest way to program people yeah it, it, this is this that's is what this absolutely- podcast is doing <laughs> <laughs> listen you motherfuckers <laughs> you uh, sick <laughs> Too many listeners of our podcast would enjoy that content. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> you know, You're shut right. it down. Shut you it down. You know what? Stop it. That's yeah, <laughs> they, you are you are now being bonked, listener. <laughs> <laughs> and this lady goes on to tell the story of how, in this incredibly horrific experience, oh my again, god, let me remind you, this is four months. This is not a weekend. Four months is crazy. That is such a long time to be subjected to this. She managed to make a friend because she found another guy who was struggling. And they became friends in this program. Marine boot camp is thirteen weeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can be you can be a, an elite fighting force destroying children all over the world yeah. in less time. Literally, where mm-hmm. we program the child murderers, it takes less time than than what they're doing here at. Pathos. What the fuck? Fucking wild, <laughs> fucking wild. Marines are victims, but also they, don't they be are. A they are. Um, <laughs> okay, so when she makes this friend. This puts her on the radar of Chet and the Patmos staff. Oh, God. Because it's a cult. Because it's a fucking (laughs) cult. Because the isolation must be complete even from the other members, right? Uh, And I think, let's not forget, because of misogyny, because this is a woman. Of course. Or this person is a woman and this guy was a man. So she gets dragged into Chet's house where she gets berated for being a Jezebel and a harlot. Oh, God. Because she was distracting this man from his purpose in ministry. By talking to By him? being friends with him. Sure, Again, this is maybe Wait, maybe we have to bump God. that Matt Chandler up to 2%. Like, these people are twisted. Yeah, like, good lord. Let's never forget, these people think women are evil. So, like, being friends with a woman means you are opening yourself up to evil. Because women are the problem. That's, that's sort of the underlying thing. I would like to encourage evangelicals to not know, or to get rid of all women, and let me be friends with all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's lying into DMs left and right. I will take, that would be I will, the funniest thing, like, uh, if we did similar independent invest- investigations into leftist dm slides oh my god now that would uncover some shit <laughs> um wow these people are um 
extremely aroused <laughs> frequently, as it turns out. Back on topic. Um, so he's telling her she's never going to be a missionary. She has yeah. this dream of being a missionary in Africa because mm-hmm. all these people do. Sure. He's telling her, like, she knows, actually, without him telling her, that if she gets sent home from this, that is going to disqualify her from serving in ministry. Yeah. So she feels in this moment like what she needs to do is tough it out. And she knows what he wants is a confession. So she decides in this moment where she's being berated for the crime of being friends with the dude, that the best way out of the situation is to confess her sin. This is a very telling thing. Yeah. And and I, I'm very sympathetic to this woman no. in this situation because this, she knows the game plan and she, this is a survival no, tactic. No, she's smart. What she's doing is like a response to the, the, the stimuli to in front of her. abuse and trauma. Yeah, yeah. like what she's... And by the way, this is exactly what happens with police. With police. And a lot and of then, forced confessions. And then these confessions get used later to discredit yes. and like this is an extremely old playbook. So she says, to try to save some face, I shared a personal experience of sexual abuse I encountered from peers in high school. I asked for prayer and they laid hands on me. Wow. I had a friend who attended the same camp who came to help out as a leader for a few weeks while I was there. And she told me they were all obsessed with breaking me and talked about me constantly. Ugh. Yeah. God damn. Isn't that, isn't that just fucking rough? Oh, that's one of the worst things I've heard in a minute. And yeah. This is what we spend our time thinking about. When I, when I think about biblical discipleship and leading people up to be the world... Uh, you know, to help be the light and salt in the world. What I think about how is how to break people. I don't know, man. This is psycho shit. It's cult shit. And I mean, like, this is a bull. I'm, I know that this is not to use the Jesus card, but, <laughs> but like Jesus didn't do that with the women in his life. Yeah. Again, one <laughs> of the things in that pitch, right, was to, to disciple people, to train people to be disciples in the way Jesus did. Right. And but weirdly, I forget, yeah. I forget the hostile interlude, the, you know, hostile to torture porn scene in Mark. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not in my manuscript. Maybe I don't have the inherent text of gods and Chet Lowe does with all the torture porn added back in. I just, but you know, from what I recall, Jesus mostly just told, like, gave people mercy and grace, and it, even people that did, you know, sin, you know? I, I don't know. Very weird. Very weird. I, it, it's interesting that Chetlow got access to the unrated director's cut, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. That's just, uh, that's just the passion. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, this gets darker still. God damn, man. And Dude, I'm trying to have a nice I day. Know, I know, I know. <laughs> and so let me just offer one more warning for self-harm, because I think this is an extremely triggering thing that Chet does here. So this way, he had also struggled with self-harm and had confessed that as part of this program. Because again, at this point, she talks about how like at this time she saw that as a moral failing rather than a a chemical imbalance in the brain. And so she was treating this like a sin problem Mm -hmm. instead of a like mental health problem. So she had confessed her sin and told them. So Chet drags her into this room, not physically, but you know, makes her come into this room and says to her, so do you really want to kill yourself because I can get a knife from the kitchen and you can slit your wrist right here. Oh, God, no, dude, no. That, I mean, that's, like, this is worse than I even expected. This is, like, deep-level Scientology shit. This is, this is yeah, I, um, I don't want to tell that personal of a story because it's not my life to talk about. But there are experiences very similar to this that I know from people who have experienced. This is like textbook, yeah. your abusive boyfriend. And like, it really is. You're hurting yourself in part because you have this abusive, terrible person who makes you feel like shit all the time in your life. And like, I, I have heard stories of guys who do this shit in the context of yeah. like really awful abuse. And I just think that like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is just textbook. This is, this is as evil as it gets. Like, I, 
I understand I am a, I'm a creature of rage, but like, goddamn, Chet, don't have like I'll find you in a room, buddy. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah it, I'm not it, gonna it, ask you any questions either. <laughs> good point. No, it is. It, it is. It crosses a line that. Well, it's grotesquely. Yeah, evil. it's it, so evil. It's almost boring to talk about. It's like it's. It, it reminds it, it's so comically evil that if yeah. it wasn't real life you would think like if you saw this in a film you'd be like yeah. oh come on man like just be a little more realistic yeah. with it and i'm not yeah. saying that to deny the fact that no, people of course. really do this shit but just it's comically evil it's not kicking the puppy it's telling a person to kill themselves like fuck that struggle told awful. you they struggled with self harm um i ha- i'm going to make a joke and we can decide to cut it or not there's only one person in that room that could kill themselves yeah. <laughs> i okay. listen I'm going to say no, but only because I don't want Chet to have uh, have the chance to do it himself. I, uh, I'm signing up for that list. Now we can decide whether or not we want to cut that. <laughs> um, so let's step out. I'm not going to keep reading all of these extremely, extremely emotional like things. You guys get the picture. But just to jump through some of the other things that happened. Uh, people being abandoned on the side of the mountain for four days and being forced to fend with themselves. People being asked to swim across like very, very cold water in winter. Don't people do that. People being made to sign travel documents without having the opportunity to read them and then being taken to other countries without their express consent. That's some Epstein shit. That is literally <laughs> kidnapping. You are yeah. literally kidnapping somebody. Like, moving people across state lines is one of across the... Across countries. Yeah, yeah state, state and, lines. And to be clear, a lot of these camps took place outside of the U.S. They had a lot of them in the Bahamas and Honduras and places... That they they knew they would have less accountability for yeah. these things, as well as you know, it, for people that wanted to escape, right? Like if you want to get out of there, yeah, you if you're in the yeah, continental yeah, yeah. United States, you understand the process. Well, like, yeah, I mean, what's the name of Scientology's uh, one of their many corporations, Sea Org, because they put people on boats. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing to separate people from not just uh, their network of yeah. people who support mm. them, but also from any familiarity with how to access those yeah. things. The Lolita like, Express. I mean, it's, it's just what abuse one Oh one, if you want to um, traffic, there's another, there's another story of people only being allowed to keep their medication. And then uh, I'm going to assume it doesn't explicitly say this, that that would include things like passports. Yeah. Um, the but, workouts, but very typical, typical incredibly thing. grueling hours, long workouts, denied water. One lady, uh, ended up in a wheelchair because she blew out one of her knees oh and then knowing that she would be punished if she didn't complete her workout, kept going until she blew out her other one and Fuck. was dragging herself around this camp for days until they finally relented and went and found a local doctor who told her there was nothing she could do for, uh, they, they could do for her. Like, this is wild. And I'm going to make a joke here and say, this is why I'm against all exercise because there's a chance <laughs> because Chetlo might be around because so Chetlo there, could be you somewhere. You should never exercise because there is an off chance that Chetlo is going to show up and berate you for hours. And this is why I have to lie around in bed and, all day. And that's why you never, that's true. Uh, Zach, Zach, uh, loves his sneakers, but has never run a step in them. But they all look how good they look. Yeah. Maintain. I, I think sneakers are silly, but I, I respect how clean you keep them. Thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, the hot seat thing was the other real constant exercise, yeah. and then also the whole thing where like the Muslims are coming for us. They would hunt That's people such through the a woods. Weird detail. And and I think one of the things that struck me is that while this is an extreme example, far beyond anything that I or anyone I have personally known have ever experienced. Yeah, me too. Um, the bones of this 
did feel very familiar to me. I mean, yeah. we talked about it on the pod. It was a funny yeah. joke when we did our yeah. like camp thing, talking about being the persecuted yeah, church, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And me running through a field as I'm mm. being hunted by dogs to simulate this. Right. And here they are doing that on a much more extreme level, which a much more explicit en- enemy. And I actually thought it was interesting that they were specifically naming Muslims as the yeah. threat here, because we now live in the sort of Christian nationalism mm. version where it's liberals that are that are the threat. It's uh, we have now turned in this into a civil war. But it feels it's very globalists. very old school that in mm. 2016, they would yeah. still be doing the Muslims as the bit. It's um, weird to be afraid of Muslims. It does feel dated. Yeah, well, it's, uh, for a lot of reasons. I'm not surprised that it exists. We no, saw no, no, it as no. I understand prejudice is real. Yeah, but, like... but, uh, but it is wild that, like, it's 2016, dog. You got to update. This needs to be Biden. Like, this needs to be Pet- Pedo Hitler Biden coming through you. Pita. He's be Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's coming to turn you gay. <laughs> you just imagine being hunted through the woods by Pete Buttigieg while like a very echoey, like far off. You just hear. You know, like they get an orchestral <laughs> version yeah, of it, like yeah. by a kids choir. I'm not gonna lie, I would watch that horror movie. <laughs> um, I think also it would be very funny if they updated it to where it's like basically the, like the gays are chasing uh-huh. you, but they still have to dress up as them. So you've got all these guys dressing up in stereotypical <laughs> gay ways, drags, boas, chasing people through the woods. God, it would be the most reactionary <laughs> film ever made. And, it would be and they're beautiful. like really getting into being authentically, like it turns kind of it's like... time for us to direct our drag across concrete, Zach. It's, it's just like, time. The imagery of that's pretty strong. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Fucking... All right. I think at some point we will make a drag across concrete great movie style film uh yeah you can can you do a communist version of drag across concrete yeah it's called drag across concrete okay. <laughs> all right get out of here so i think one of the things that i need to emphasize is we step back from like the horrors of what this camp was mm-hmm. is how this has been going on for a decade and a half mm-hmm. at one point there started to be a little bit of uproar about it in florida which uh-huh. is when chet suddenly felt called to the great state of california that has harbored him with happiness for another decade since. Um, this, he was allowed to recruit at Calvary Chapel like seminaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. a lot of people were coming in sort of not knowing Chet. Uh, yeah. And it needs to be said, Chet was a rock star for reasons we're about to get into, but he was a rock star in this community and sort of widely considered one of the top names. Um, he also just had a lot of funding from Calvary Chapel. Like this is this yeah. is the story of one man starting his cult, but it was also the story of one man starting his cult within a much larger institution that yeah. he had access to a lot of institutional power to do. Yeah. So he got to make his own sect of weird psycho warriors within this this like much larger and more powerful like community. So strange. Um, and we've seen a lot of other like Calvary Chapel people get weird. This is this is not. I, I would say that they are one of the most common denominations for cults of personality um, for a lot of reasons that I think, you know, stretch to a lot of the reasons evangelical churches in general are. And also I think there's something about that charismatic theology uh, in the way that is applied in the Calvary Chapel that sort of invites that, that that success element Mm -hmm. really sort of helps this idea that if a person is very successful, that means they're like chosen by God, Uh which feeds back into the prophet shit. But, uh, but yeah, he's been able to run this in the open recruiting from seminaries having people that graduate because some people i mean obviously we're hearing the story of the people who were injured and harmed by this and i think everyone was injured or Mm. harmed but some people did drink the kool-aid i mean it was programming some people were programmed yeah and so people get recruited by like former uh, people who had gone on it 
And this just went on for such a fucking long time. Ugh. This still exists. That's there's, crazy. There's questions about like how active it is right now, but it still exists. You can go to the Patmos website right now. That's where I got their mission statement. Um, shockingly, though, not a ton of information. Okay. Um, Our communist drag for con- drag 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 by concrete drag by drag for concrete whatever it is dragged over concrete whatever it is what's the preposition i think it's across dragged across concrete thank you we go undercover uh-huh we get there everybody dies <laughs> <laughs> we just we clear it out yeah yeah just just the cleaning of houses i've talked about this but like every day this was literally a tweet i hate doing this every day i get a little closer to being like zach what if we just did the boondock saints mm-hmm. but instead of going after like organized crime we just went after the evangelicals like what if we just did that thing I mean, it'd be a life well spent. Yeah. I, I think there would be some value there. I, I do, like, I, I am like the meme. Like, I think, like, half the time I should keep doing, you know, what I'm doing here in L.A. and pursuing that. Or I should go destroy fossil fuel infrastructure. Yeah. And it's like, every day, I'm just like, hmm. 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 We'll see. <laughs> yeah. If this podcast stops, you'll know it's gone one direction or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't, don't find us. <laughs> uh, so... A lot of people just dealing with long-term trauma from this, obviously. A lot of people that are still in it and still part of it and really believe that this was, like, several people posted journal entries because they were required to journal. And Mm -hmm. that was some of the most heartbreaking stuff because you see them encountering this abuse and struggling Mm -hmm. with it. But you also see them trying really hard to see this as discipleship, to see this as ministry, to see them as growing closer to the Lord. They want to justify it. They want it to be real. And it's so heartbreaking to see people enduring this abuse, trying so hard to make it be the thing that it was pitched as. It's just really heartbreaking stuff. So this is still going on. Fuck Chetlo so hard. But let's talk a little bit more about Chetlo's past. Okay. And this is a little personal for me because Chetlo got his start as a missionary in Liberia. Oh, interesting. And Liberia is a country that is very close to my heart um, for yes. some personal reasons. My lovely 6'2", uh, lesbian-attracting wife, uh, <laughs> did Peace Corps and was in Liberia. And we can have long conversations yes. now as, if you, as if you think she, If you think she sticks out in L.A. <laughs> about how, you know, Peace Corps has its own history of colonialism. Of isn't that great? But I got to spend a month in Liberia with her. She mm-hmm. got to be there for a year and a half. Like, like, like in Liberia is a country I've spent a lot of time like studying and reading about and very grateful to have gotten to spend some time in because it's a very fascinating country. It's a country that was created by America. (laughs) Never a good thing. No. Uh, After the Civil War, there was this very popular idea that we just need to send the slaves back to Africa. And with Liberia, it's actually what we did. We took a bunch of freed slaves, put them on a boat, sent them back to Africa. Uh, where they immediately enslaved the indigenous populations there and started sort of a vassal state. Uh, it's wild. It's, yeah, the capital is really Monrovia, named uh, after our president, James Monroe. Yeah, uh, and uh, and that led, you know, sort of the the inevitable, you know, not just the horrors of what that was, but sort of the inevitable friction uh, of that led to a very, very bloody civil war that is mm-hmm. honestly very hard to talk about without, yes. like, aggrandizing it uh there was that vice documentary yeah. in the 2000s that was incredibly mm. popular talking about the reality of like there was child soldiers and there yeah. was cannibalism that was connected to like indigenous yeah. religions there but like talking about it in the most vice way possible just like yo it's fucking crazy man babies eating babies fucking what um it was it's but it is truly, I, yeah. I think... There's that great Dennis Johnson again, article about it. Yeah, Dennis Johnson which I did some more reporting in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And like even that, I have minor quibbles with because sure. it's a thing I thought about a lot. But it's much closer to being better. 
um, than that. And I love Dennis Johnson. Yeah, yeah. This author. Is, of course. This is Dennis Johnson Love Podcast. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole pod on that. True Smoke is one of the best books that I've ever read. Everyone should read it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but you had this very, very bloody civil mm. war where the Western westernized, extremely corrupt, but also extremely yeah. like modernizing government was under assault from the uh, more rural like rebel that rebels that pretty immediately became almost as corrupt as the Westerners once they got in power. But there, there were, there were child soldiers. It was really, really bad. There was as many as 15% of the fighting force was children. And um, into this situation, Chetlow decides to insert his white ass. He actually moves to Liberia with his wife and four month old child during the civil war. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, for a lot of reasons, yeah. right? There's one, like, no, there's one, like, I shouldn't have to explain that. The white savior <laughs> complex involved in that Huge. beggars all. But belief. also, don't endanger your children. Yeah, but and also, your, your child cannot consent to that. Yeah. Your child cannot make a formed decision about the danger that you're placing, and it flies in the face of being a parent to intentionally expose your child to that much danger. It's not okay. It's not okay. No. Uh, and for three years there, and I think it's important to say only three years, uh, he had a ministry. I think the ministry exists a little longer, but I think he was there for three years where he ministered to child soldiers both during and after the war. Mm-hmm. And what is challenging about that is that if that's not, if you're not Chetlow, mm-hmm. if you're not a fucking monster, if you're right. not an abusive piece of shit, right. I think to myself, that is the kind of work that I can see Christians really doing. Like, mm-hmm. again, being mm-hmm. very cognizant of colonialism and the white savior complex and the desire to come in and, you know, fix these African countries, that is all extremely dangerous and problematic and plays out in NGOs across the world a thousand times a day. But... You mean the CIA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do mean the CIA. But I do understand that in the wake of this extremely destructive civil war, I mean, when we yes. were there uh, a decade plus after... You know, you would be going through a village without power and there would be satellite uh, satellite things mm. on the tops of all the houses. Because dishes. at one point, satellite dishes on the tops of all the houses. Because at one point, this town did have power and did have access yeah. to these things. And now it's not there. And again, the reasons for that are complex. I'm trying not to fall down this rabbit hole. And at every turn, I'm almost falling down this rabbit hole. But uh, I can see that being good ministry. I can mm. see that being a, a place where you show up to a place that really needs help and doing good work. But yeah. it's Chet fucking low. Yeah. And it's not good. And I'm now going to read you because Chet Lowe got a lot of press for this even at the time. This mm-hmm. was a big deal, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way to mint, mint yourself. It's a great way to make yourself a cult of personality, it's, it's, right? It's, it's, uh, it's dark race building. It really speaks to something that you're like, I'm willing to go yeah. into the war zone for Christ, man. Like, And you see that echoed in yeah. all of the abuse that he thinks. But I'm going to read this quote. Because I think it's really telling about how Chet viewed these children that he was yeah. ostensibly caring for. I'll never forget the early parts of 95 when I was behind the lines. Oh. I had begged one of the commanders to please give me these children. Let them go to school. I said, these children are a burden for you. You have to feed them, take care of them. And he laughed at me. And he said, these children are the best fighters we have. I'll kill somebody. They'll go to the front line, get the gun from the person I killed, and bring it right back. They don't care. They're not scared. And he literally said to me, if they get shot, we'll find another one. They were faceless. And now these children without any souls are the ones walking around the streets, completely dead inside. No feeling for themselves, no feelings for others. These these children have their souls ripped out of them. They didn't know any better, like Lord of the Flies or Peter Pan. 
Children's natural desire is to lead. They want to be in control. Give me what I want. So when the war came and you get the, to get and you were able to get advantage, quote unquote, of course, as a child, you were going to join to get advantage. We used to see these clinics behind the lines. I had a seven and eight year old come to me. One, one had, had had their hand shot off and the other their foot shot off. They played a game which involved shooting each other and they both left with their arms around each other, the best of friends. That was their idea of life. So a couple things there. One, what do we see again? We see the vice, the aggrandizing. We Mm. see the self-aggrandizing. I was behind enemy lines. You see the recitation of these horrific stories. But to me, that reads as a recitation of horrors in a way that is supposed to impress Mm. a white Western audience. Not doing any due diligence behind like actually caring for these kids. He says the kids don't have souls. It's not great. And then he goes there and he's like, oh, they they got them ripped out of them. But he says the kids don't have souls. And when he talks about like what the program does, he talks a lot about like the discipline. Mm. And, and then and then he'll sort of waver and be like, oh, well, you know, it's important for us not to be their commanders and blah, blah, blah. But he talks a lot about how they like keep them very regimented and disciplined. Mm. And I just think while this is a very complicated topic uh, yes. and dealing with child soldiers is a, is a real horrible thing that happens in the world. And, yes. and I am sympathetic to trying to figure out how to deal with it. I'm not sympathetic to Chetlow trying to figure out how to deal with it. He was a fucking monster. He actually says at one point, he goes, there are no books for how to do this. Lies, false. Yeah. And this has if been there written were, extensively. And if there were, I wouldn't read them because every child is unique. And I think that really speaks well, then to- Well, fucking whatever, Chet. Then why do you have a camp? Yeah, then why are you there, Chet? <laughs> uh, it really speaks to something that we see over and over in Christianity, which is the refusal to acknowledge any wisdom that doesn't stem- yeah. Really from Chetlow's brain, but they'll claim it's from the Bible. Their bad and shitty interpretation of the Bible. There are no books, and if there were, I wouldn't read them. I think that really says everything you need to know about Chet's actual motivations, as further proven by the fact that instead of continuing this ministry, learning, growing, continuing to care for these children who are growing into young adults and are going to need consistent care, what does he do? He fucks off back to the U.S., gets himself a megachurch, and starts a torture camp. It's very strange and and kind of... A way that's been acknowledged before with things like, you know, uh, know, in lots of cases, the, like, I don't know. There's such a perverse rhyme to, like, seeing this, like, destruction of children through this, you know, through the war and undoubtedly the training of them. And then brings that back and says, this is what we should do to everybody. Yeah, this, like, is, this is how we make soldiers for the Lord. This is such a, it's such a perverse mirror. Uh, I, it's, 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 it's literary, honestly. It's just bizarre. It's a really, yeah, I think, I think acknowledging that is not a bad thing. I think saying like, yeah, he clearly sought this out. Yeah, he, he saw moved his and, child there and thought, "I should do this." Yeah, I should. I should. You know what? It's time for domestic production of torture horrors. Like <laughs> enough, know, but like that's enough what he's doing. Of having this only happen in the colonized countries, it's time to bring this home. That makes it. S- the empire always turns inward. Yeah, of course. That's just. Yeah, that's so bizarre. It, I, it, I, it, it's it, it's a darkness that is hard to conceptualize into words, which is troubling for a podcast. <laughs> I don't have an ending for this um, because how do you end something like this dark? It's just like, yeah, I don't have anything to say besides fuck Chet Lowe and his stupid surfer fucking haircut. I should be in um, jail. Like I should be in jail. It, it reminds me actually very much. There's a guy whose name I forget, but he runs a haunted house 
that is very oh, similar. Oh, I know what you're referring to. You know to. what I'm talking about? I know what you're referring like, to. I've read a lot about this. It's like a multi-week-long process. I think, not it, got shut, I think it got shut down. Yeah, I think ahead. he eventually... Because he was doing this where he started out doing like a little haunted house mm. in his home and then just kept pushing the envelope and in, like, pushing Tennessee. the envelope and pushing the envelope. Very similar. I don't think I mentioned this, but everyone's required to sign NDAs. He ended yeah. up moving from California to Tennessee so he can continue doing this. But again, it just ultimately, it comes down to I torture people and I, I yeah. try to set it up in such I a think, way that it's like I think Vice wrote on it, yeah. No, um, I mean like the guy, like you know, they're like ripping people's teeth out with ply. Like it's just, it's not even, in, it's it's not even not interesting. It's just like they're going to beat the shit out shit out of you until you give in. Like that's that's just it. Like it's not even. It's like it's not a haunted house. I mean that's not how they build it. It's just like guy injects you with ketamine and rips teeth out of your face. Yeah, it's um, sadistic impulse. And I think what's so troubling here is that not only is he able to spiritualize the sadism, yeah. but that sadistic impulse rings true to elements of my upbringing in the church. Sure. You know, we did sure. the the Columbine, stand in front of somebody holding a fake gun and say whether or not you believe. We did the being hunted through the woods because the bad people are after you and the persecuted church. Like, like there are echoes of this, minor echoes, but echoes nonetheless that just run through this Christian uh, victimhood yeah. and this Christian desire to be at war. Like, like mm-hmm. the, that, you know, we say culture war a lot, but I think we miss sometimes how much Christians want to be at war, how much they desire it. They complain about it all the time, but it's because they want to be at war with their culture. They the, don't want to minister the to Western, people. The Western Christian is really not a descendant of Christ or the early church. It's a descendant of Rome. That's all. That's, I think that is actually a good way to bring it home. All right, my name's Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor on Twitter, a social media platform. Do not slide into my DMs. <laughs> I don't want to have to step back from this podcast due to my coarse, familiar joking. Michael's DMs are just like him with the Vienna way of being like, I'm outside your house. I have, I have successfully managed to stay out of the Twitter DM I'm game. Outside your house. I like I think I'm just too boring. So like uh, I, I know it's how a lot of relationships get built on Twitter, but I'm just there to post yeah. once a week about how I mean, much the I, I DM'd suck. people on Twitter, like, but people like friends, you know uh-huh, what I mean? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. How close are your friendships, Zachary? Uh, Grim and I are pretty close on Twitter and our DMs together. Mm. Yeah. Problematic. I mean, it might be a little <laughs> bit. Um, my name's Zachary underscore Allard. Yeah, that's my name. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, fuck it. That's re- that's my name. Andrew, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah. Do not slide Catch to my Catch me DMs. outside. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow the pod at shitty underscore pod. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.